Welcome to Honey Vidmar's podcast, where we talk presentations, confidence, and business. Join us as we bring you some incredible topics and incredible interviews from around the globe. Check out www.honeyvidmar.com for more information. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm speaking to Ron Carucci and Ron has over 25 years experience working with senior execs and CEOs of a variety of organizations, including Fortune 50 companies and startups. He consults on, a, on different issues, including leadership and strategy, and he's been involved in various industries as well. Ron has helped CEOs, their teams, and their enterprises redesign themselves. And that's what we will talk about today, amongst other business topics, of course. Ron, welcome to my podcast today. And it's so great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Um, so let's first of all, just go straight into how did you get into this industry? How did you start consulting CEOs? Was it a, an immediate thing? Did you work your way into it? Talk us through the history. Gosh, it was a... Uh... It's, it's just like ancient history, but um, so you know, I began my career in a very different field, but was uh, doing a workshop um, many, many years ago in Dachau in Europe. Um, and we, they didn't have the term diversity and inclusion then, but if, if they had, that's what the workshop would have been on, understanding how to deal with differences. And we were in the chapel at Dachau and a young soldier um, raised his hand to join the conversation and in a very vulnerable way said, I'm just so tired of being trained to hate. Um, and I was very moved by that. I was mostly moved by the fact that something we had done on the platform caused him to think that. Uh, and I think that was the, the moment I began to realize that, you know, I had been part of a career with, about, that required me to tell great stories in, in the arts, but I realized that it was really about, for me, much more um, purpose-driven, much more uh, satisfying to enter other people's stories and help them tell those stories better. Um, and so I think that was the beginning where I, I began to pivot my career toward a career in behavioral sciences and organizational behavior and uh, entering the stories of communities and, uh, and large groups of people to help them think about their future. Excellent. And you say you, you, you uh, wanted to, to tell other people's stories. What was it you were doing before? Because you didn't mention, because you said that you started this career when you, were, you went to a workshop and something happened there. What was your, what would you do before, like when you left university? I was, in the, I was, so I had a career in the arts. I had a career in performing arts. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. So you're, so you are, I mean, we're going to touch on a little bit about confidence and public speaking a bit later on. So you do have some experience of, you know, being in the limelight and being in the spotlight, which is, you know, something that you uh, Yeah. Yeah. Being, being in front of groups of people is not a, is a, not been a, a challenge. I spent my life there. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Mm. So, you now, um, what do you do? You, when I was reading your biography, a lot of the things that came up um, was about helping people make changes, whether it's in their career, whether it's their organization, whether it's the senior um, executives, team members. What kind of changes do you focus on or enjoy working with? Uh, well, so we have sort of a, a couple of clusters of change we look at. And our code language at Navalent is within, between, and among. So changes within are deeper changes. They're the changes to the tapes in my head, the narratives that shape my behavior, yeah. the, the sort of the, the DNA of who I've become and maybe, maybe isn't as productive as it needs to be or maybe, maybe I'm behaving in ways that are um, not as are, are self-destructive or harmful to others. Yeah. There's changes between. So there's changes 
relationally between human beings or between departments or between groups of people where the seams of the organization aren't quite synchronized the way they need to be. And there's changes among. So there's changes culturally, there's changes strategically, there's changes organizationally. And the, the power of transformation is that if you really want change to stick, you have to do all three. Um, and so I don't know that I have any one particular love of any one of those, but I do love making sure that all three of them are happening as they need to. Excellent. And how do you identify? So let's say somebody comes to you and says, Ron, you know, um, we need, I, do they come with a goal, an end goal, and then you identify the changes or do they come and say to you, I want to make these changes. Where do I start? How does it work? Um, well, so most of they come with pain. They come with some symptoms, some something um, uh, that's challenged them, some persistent problem they haven't been able to solve. And usually they describe to us some symptom. Like, I, you know, I've tried to um, get the organization to behave more cohesively and I can't. Or I've tried to get people to work faster to get us quicker to market and I can't. Or I've tried to get my leaders to behave and speak more candidly with each other and I can't. So they'll point to some isolated symptom of what they have um, struggled with but haven't been able to solve and that's where we'll begin the story. Mm. Amazing, so you have various challenges. So what happens if somebody comes to you and they have, um, I mean, I'm sure you, 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 I mean, they would face different challenges. What if somebody comes up to a big CEO or um, a startup, for example, and they have a challenge that is a challenge for you as well? How do you overcome those kind of challenges? Well, so our, our beginning process, um, like any good um, scientist, begins with diagnosis, right? So just like in the medical field, we believe that treatment without diagnosis is malpractice. Mm. And so we have our own very holistic way of diagnosing. You know, it's, it's sort of like an MRI on the organization or the community. Yeah. And so, you know, typically, um, rather than debating symptoms with a leader, you know, um, our, our typical view is, well, if you're pointing at all these symptoms that you've tried, uh, to resolve and the problem still keeps recurring, it's obviously not the problem. So we don't need to debate us going and taking on the symptoms you've taken on. Let's go find out what's really going on and look a little bit deeper under the hood. Yeah. And usually a more forensic and holistic look at the organization will reveal some places where the, the, the origins of the pain you're feeling, which are often not in the places you think they are, um, are occurring. Now, if in that diagnosis, we discover that there are problems for which we're not equipped to solve, um, we'll help you find out where to go get, the, to get them solved. They could be, you know, d deeply technological problems or um, some type of, um, you know, technical or um, manufacturing or something that we're not. So if we're not equipped to help you solve the problem, we can help you find out who is. Excellent, excellent. So you also talk about um, finding your inner voice. Could you just explain to me what you mean by that um, in terms of, is it career development or just, or just for anybody, finding your inner voice? Because I like that. You know, it's so interesting to me, honey, when I see leaders, especially as they arrive into new perches, as they, as they arrive into broader assignments where their influence has to extend further than they've ever been able to uh, or ever been required to reach before um, it's um, they don't know how to influence right so they get stuck in their own voice they have a, a tape in their head that says you're an imposter and people are going to find you out most leaders have some imposter syndrome they face mm -hmm. and so their confidence in the efficacy of their own voice their belief that 
that the, their impact on the, those they've been charged to lead matters and they have to steward it well is, is faulty. And so we have to help leaders discover a different voice, um, a less timid voice or a less harsh voice or a less um, placating voice. But typically they've been conditioned in some form to influence and lead in a certain way that may be, over, it may be a strength overextended. It may be um, a particular context that has shaped who they are and now the context has dramatically changed. But typically finding the voice that's right for the audience they're leading or, or the audience they're trying to influence um, is, a new, is a, new, um, a, a, new, a new process for leaders. So they often they'll reach back to tried and true messages and tapes and approaches that have worked before. Um, and often that can be problematic because they don't fit the situation at, at hand. Um, and so they, they don't realize that just because you're accomplished, just because you have a, a great track record of results doesn't mean that there's, there aren't new reaches of your own voice to discover. And that's hard work. Yeah. Especially because do, do you not think that, um, do you think actually, let me ask you, with the rise of how social media has changed over the last, I would say, three years alone, with the, with the launch of all these new Facebook Live, with Periscope, with all these new platforms, do you think it's easier to find your voice or harder? And the reason I say um, is it easier or harder because nowadays there are so many people who use these platforms and there's a, there's, you could just sign up, you know, log into your Facebook account and there's Facebook Lives all over the place. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I, I, it's a fabulous question, honey. I actually think it makes it much more difficult to find your voice. Mm. Um, we don't need, you know, finding ways to amplify your voice isn't hard. Finding unique things to say to people who need to hear them, that is. Because there's a lot of noise out there. There are a lot of people competing for the attention and the share of mind of the people you're leading or people you're trying to influence, whether it's a, as an organizational leader or as a thought leader. Um, and so finding a voice that is authentically yours and needed by some set of people um, um, is no easy task. Um, and too many leaders, e e either they're lazy and so they're not willing, they, they just want to hammer home the points they want to make or they're terrified or they're, they don't want to, they don't want to um, invest the persistence it will take for your voice to stand out from among the millions out there competing for the attention of those you're trying to reach. Yeah. And so it's much more difficult now. Um, the fact that there are so many platforms, so many channels, so many ways to distribute your voice, so many ways to get your voice echoed um, and repeated um, makes amplification of your voice a little more accessible, but finding a unique message for your voice to embody that is truly yours and truly needed, that's a real, that's a taller order now. And compound that with the fact that your life is now playing out of a jumbotron, right? So nothing you do is private. So your life is that much, your, your whole life is amplified. So your life is a message, whether you're speaking or not. And so whether or not what people are watching of your life, watching of your leadership, watching your, of your interactions with others is consistent with what your voice is saying now matters much more than ever. Mm. Okay. So let's then, then talk about amongst all this noise, there is someone who believes that they have, to my listeners, for example, they have a message they want to say, they want to stand out in the best way possible using all or some of the resources at their disposable, everything that we can get our hands on, i.e. writing a book or doing a public speaking, whatever it is. What advice do you have to help people to get their message out there clearly 
to try to get their message out there in the most effective way possible to get people to listen to them and be inspired or basically to get their message out in the best way possible. How can we accomplish this in this noise that we're sitting in? Well, that's a, it's, a, it's such a difficult question, right? And you're, you're, you're a live proof of that, aren't you, with your podcast and the work you've done. Um, I hired, three years ago, I hired a coach for me uh, because I, I had the same question and I felt like after writing eight books and uh, all that I had published and done and accomplished, why, why was my message not reaching the people I wanted it to reach? It was reaching a whole bunch of other people I didn't want it to reach. <laughs> yeah, um, and, um, you know, what, I mean, it was a, it was a staggering to discover, discovery to learn um, how many more voices in the chorus were out there. Um, so the persistence to find a swim lane, you know, whether it's your voice in writing, your voice in speaking, your voice in, um, in conversation, your voices in presentation, your voice, and, and probably a, 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 a combination of those things. Um, and then you got to be persistent. Um, but, but, but the quality of your ideas matters, right? So it's not just having a platform. You've yeah. got to have, you've got to do the hard work. So many people see the instant overnight successes of, of social media or a viral video or something that just takes off and they think, oh, I can do that. And they haven't done the hard work to refine their ideas, to test their thinking, to do the research necessary to, um, they, they think, a, they can, they think a, a Google search qualifies as research and it doesn't, right? So you've got to get out there and your pattern recognition skills have got to be sharp. Um, your ability to um, isolate um, insight uh, and foresight from data um, is critical. You've got to be able to recognize an unmet need. You've got to be able to recognize um, a, a, a hunger in a set of people you want to reach that has not been satisfied by somebody else. So there's so much other work that has to be done to refine the content uh, of, yep. your, uh, of your ideas before you bring it to the world. Um, and too many um, get tired, they get bored, they get discouraged, and they give up quickly. Um, and the reality is you've got to persist this, you know, there's, if there's years of work to establish a platform on which you can uh, rely on others finding your ideas that want you, and then if you wanna turn it into income or turn it into a career, that's a whole other right set of efforts to sustain that effort. Um, there are more than almost 400,000 podcasts out there. But if you look at the research more closely, the average episode only gets to number 12 and they quit, right? So a lot of people start strong, get out there, come out with a flash in the pan, but they don't keep up with it. So you've got to be persistent and keep up with establishing yourself and building an audience and building a set of people who want to follow your ideas um, in small groups, then medium groups, then larger groups. Um, and decide, you know, counting your audience can't be the goal, right? You've got you to actually want to have impact and make a difference. And if your focus is on counting your audience, you're probably not going to have much impact. But if your goal is truly on making a difference and having an impact, eventually the following will come. Excellent. Now, you mentioned um, um, in, this, just in this last answer that persistence is important and, you know, you know, find, you know, doing all the right things in order to get our message out there. But... Um, one thing, you obviously, you also said that you need to make sure that your ideas are good. But so, how do we make sure that what we are talking about, or the message we have, or the impact we want to make, is good? I'm going to use that word "good" because so many people, like I've mentioned before, they see a Facebook live automatically. They feel 
that their message is incredible and important because they can switch on a quick live and talk about it. So you've worked with some incredible companies and some incredible people and you have a TEDx. So I know you know what you're talking about. But how do we make sure that our message is good? And, I, and you know, is it experience? Is it, you know, something we've been through? Or is it because there's a Facebook Live, we're now all qualified coaches and qualified whatever we want to be? Oh my gosh, it's, isn't it scary? And, 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 and the sentence I hear often after the, the sentence you describe, which is, well, it was Facebook Live, which is, well, I'm better than they are. You know, that was boring. Or if yeah. they can be successful, then, I, then I'm way better than them. So I should be on there. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't realize how incredibly irrelevant that is. You, in fact, might be better than that person. And that has little to do with whether or not your idea is discovered. And so the need to compare, the need to have meritocracy be true um, is, is just self-defeating. You should put the yardsticks away that compare. Um, what gets out there and what gets viewed is not the standard of impact you should be using. Yeah. Um, you have to test your ideas. You have to do research. You have to get out there and start with individuals or smaller groups and test and refine and ask for feedback and put your ideas into laboratories and, get it, and do experiments with them and watch them have impact and get results. You've got to see tangible evidence that your ideas have been put into practice by others um, and have made a difference. And then you have to be able to talk about those differences. And so otherwise we get all this form of a substance, right? We get all this sizzle and no steak. People who have glitzy personalities and they're conversationalists and they're funny and they're, or they're pretty or whatever. And we have all this form and no substance out there, which is a lot of what's out there. And so having this substance, having heft, having ideas that have been well-researched and well-tested and um, refined um, does give you an advantage. Yes, and then you have to be able to, um, um, uh, you know, evolve your own ability to convey those ideas and evolve your ability to, you know, stand in front of an audience or a group or a camera or a microphone and articulate them well. Um, that's important as well. So, it, it, you know, the, the skill set to, to discover, cultivate, refine, and express and convey your ideas um, if, if thought leadership is really where you want to have impact, um, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. not just, uh, I'm smart, I'm cute, I'm funny, so just turn the camera on, let's roll. Mm. That's, that's, that is a lot of what I'm seeing at the moment. And like mm. you said, it is scary because there's all these amazing platforms, but a lot of them, I'm not going to say abused, but people are just used, oh yeah, there's somebody on Facebook Live, let me just listen to them. I'm wasting their, but everyone's time because I'm going to be honest, I see a lot of 20 somethings calling themselves peak performance coaches and they read the book, they come on a Facebook Live and give you advice from this book that they didn't even write, you know? So it's about, I want to make sure that everybody who's using all these amazing platforms that we have at the best of their ability, at the best of their ideas, to make sure that we can and do make an impact on other people. Because that's the whole point of being in business and, and, and creating a career for ourselves. We want to help people, we want to make more money, we want to impact people in the most correct way. And that's why it's so good to be talking to you today, because you also mentioned pursuit of transformational change. I absolutely love that. That um, was something I read on your profile. And can we just talk about that a little bit? Because I know we've already spoke about making changes and the kind of changes you've worked with. But if somebody wants to make a massive change, they want to go from career to a completely different career and still make an impact, can that be done? Well, sure. I mean, you know, transformation, whether you're an individual or a group or a team or a whole organization, it just, it's, it's a much longer pivot, right? So it's not quick. 
Um, and it, it requires a, digging deeper. You have to understand, you know, what's the case for making the transformation? What's the case for making the change? It's not, it's not just about grit. Um, you have to be credible. And I know we've, we've all heard way too many stories of the impossible change. You know, everybody said you couldn't do it, and then you did it. Well, sometimes it shouldn't have been done, right? So you, there, there has to be some credibility in that, that matches the grit. There has to be some basis of social proof upon which you can build uh, a massive pivot in your life. And then you have to say, okay, this is probably a three to five year change. It's not a six month change. Um, and I'm willing to stick with it. Um, and in year three, when I'm ready to give up and I'm horrid, my voice is hoarse and I'm discouraged and nobody believes in me and I haven't seen, seen a penny. And, um, and that's just the reality of what the change requires. At that point, when you're on heartbreak hill, you have to decide I'm going to keep going. So I think before you sign up for that massive a transformation, you have to know what you're in for. Um, um, you have to invest in building the skills, invest in uh, meeting the people who've done it, invest in knowing how to emulate. And the reality is there, are, there aren't tons and tons and tons of ideas out there that haven't been expressed in some form already, right? So you have to recognize, well, how loud is the din I'm stepping into out there? How, how much of an echo chamber am I going to be part of? How, how much of a refrain am I joining? Um, how much is really unique about what I'm offering? Um, you know, anytime I, I'm watching startups get awarded money, as an example, and they all want to start with, I'm going to be the Uber of. Yeah. Um, and right away, you want to just roll your eyes and think, well, what, what gives you the right to say that? Yeah. And so, you know, a, a good hard reality check, a good dose of persistence, and a good... Um, a good plan for constructing the kind of rebuilding of your, you, yourself or your organization uh, is, is, is important. You've got to, and, and the other thing I would say, get help, hire, you know, hire people who've been on the journey before, um, allow them to give you guidance. Don't bootstrap it. If, if the transformation is that massive, it's worthy of an investment. And so get help. You know, yeah. hiring a coach for myself three years ago was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, and, you know, every day, well, I feel like the more I learn, the more I feel like I'm learning I don't, how much I don't know. Exactly. Um, and, and you've got, why would you not want the benefit of someone's expert eyes on you? We're all notoriously bad observers of our own reality. We don't see ourselves honestly. Um, Self-development is a group activity. You have to have sources of feedback. You have to have sources of honest data. You have to have sources of calibration of your impact on others. You can't just assume that that felt really good. It must have gone well. Um, as, as your feedback loop, you've got to have people telling you the truth about yeah. what about your ideas and the way you're conveying them is working and what's not. And also you mentioned all these things that we should do, get help, be persistent, etc. Also one of them is to get in, you know, follow Ron and, and read his books and watch your TEDx talk, which I'm sure, you know, I've, I've just been watching it before we spoke and how to be more powerful than powerless. Why did you pick that topic for your TEDx talk? Well, so um, so I actually did two TEDs uh, two weeks back to back. That was I never recommend doing that. Um, but they're both based on my book Rising to Power. So they're both based on the research from Rising to Power. The one is on power and one is on influence. Mm. Um, uh, and um, you know, I wanted to highlight what I learned. I wanted to highlight the, especially the uh, the counterintuitive aspects of power and how it's abused. Um, and then on influence, the one that I did uh, at TEDxBeaconStreet, 
I wanted to talk about how influence is not just meant for the few. We all have, we all can be more influential. We all can have more impact. And if you're, you know, um, the secret to influence would be a great one for your listeners to watch because if they're all trying to extend their voice and extend their reach, I talk about the four things that set apart those leaders and those, those most influential inside the organizations um, and, and their, and their capabilities we, call, we anybody can learn. Excellent. I will put the links for both of those TEDx talks below wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Um, so you can click on those and have a watch because they are incredible. Um, how do we construct a career journey? What, what, what's involved in this? So most people think it's about a great LinkedIn profile and a great resume and, you know, and, and they confuse job seeking with career construction. And, they, and those are very different things. I think, you know, sometimes we hate our job so much or we're unemployed, we need a job. And so the anxiety and the desperation and the sense of what's my next job be becomes consuming. Constructing a career is, you know, a, uh, a decade or longer process. And you've got to understand, you know, when I turn 40 or 50, what do I want to be true? What do I want to be able to say I've accomplished? What, what, what impact do I want to have made and on who? Yeah. And what, what are the capabilities and gifts I bring to the table that truly I'm not just passionate about, you know, all this, we hear way too much crap about just follow your passion and the money will follow. Yeah. And that's such bad advice <laughs> because it's not true. Um, you can't follow a passion uh, to do something you're not good at. Um, you, you have to be good at it and you have to have invested the time to become good at it. Yeah. Um, and so, and yes, you, it shouldn't bore you. You should, you should enjoy it and have passion for doing it and for the difference it can make. But you have to, to think about, you know, we, we do a, a, process with some of our leaders called stories from the future where we have a constructive process where we walk into the future you know five or ten years out and look back and understand what moves did you take what were the two or three major moves you made to get you there and recognize that as you're constructing a career journey you're constructing chapters of a book um, and you have to understand what order the chapters go in and that you're probably not going to land your dream job you know in, in one move that it's probably going to take two or three cumulative moves to construct a set of experiences, a set of results, a set of influence, a refining of your voice that gets you to that place where it's your dream assignment, it's your dream career. And, you know, probably hopefully by the time you're in your early forties, and then you've got a decade and a half to really thrive in it. Yeah. Um, but, but assuming that you're just looking for the next rung on the ladder, that's a different question than where I want, where do I want the ladder to end up at when it's, when I'm done climbing it. Yeah. Um, and you have to ask different sets of questions to get those answers. So what, so what, how can you help my listeners? So if they want to contact Ron, they want to help in certain areas, can you specifically tell me what areas with people who are starting their business or in their business or any aspect of their life, what can Ron help them with specifically? So uh, a couple of things, you know, we work with individual leaders who are trying to strengthen their own influence in organizations. Yeah. Um, uh, so if you're looking to uh, do a deeper dive on you and how you want to lead others, uh, we can help you with that. If you're looking to scale your organization, so you're a smaller company or you're a mid cap company and you're stuck, you're a classic, you know, 30 million, 30 million pound or 30 million euro organization trapped in the body of a $10 million euro organization. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you scale? How do you construct a strategy that is not just a, a mission statement or a vision statement, but truly is a differentiating way you can compete? We can help you there. Um, if your organization is configured wrong, if you built it everything together so fast that none of it's working, um, we can help you untangle that mess. So those are strategy, organization, and leadership are the places 
we, uh, we can partner with you and join your story and help you write the next chapter in a way you hope it goes. Excellent. Now you've done a couple of TEDx talks and you've been in performing arts, so you're not new to the stage and you, I'm sure you have some advice up your sleeve for that. People who want to use public speaking as part of their transformational journey, what advice do you have for someone who's never spoken before or they have spoken, but they kind of don't want to do it, but they need to do it. Just some tips around public speaking, um, because that's what I'm all about and I would love to hear your take on it. You know, it's, I mean, I, I, yes, it's absolutely true that I've had the, I had the advantage of being on stage since I was 10. So, wow. so be, being in front of rooms of people has never, I, you know, I, I, I have deep empathy for people who are, who, you know, who are terrified of that and who struggle with it and it's not their gift. Um, Cause it is, a, it can be very um, unnerving, but where I think about uh, when I'm about to walk in front of a room full of, you know, 5,000 people. Um, I don't think of it like that. I think of, I think of myself sitting in a living room with three or four people in a very intimate setting. And I, I want to, and I think what you'll see in both my techniques is I, I, I'm just trying to have a very intimate conversation about something that's important to me. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and I care about the people in front of me and this is a chance for me to be helpful. And so, um, you know, I, I tell people walking on stage, it's not about you. This is not about you. Um, don't, you know, if you're in your head thinking, am I gesturing right? Do, am I, do I sound credible? Um, am, am I wobbling back and forth? Am I wandering like a billy goat? You know, am I doing all the things my coach told me not to? If you're in your own head thinking about you, you're not going to be helpful and no one's going to care. And so, yes, get, you should get public speaking training so you can learn how to gesture and learn how to manage the inflections of your voice and learn how to be articulate and enunciate and do all the basic things. Don't just walk on stage and start blabbing. Um, you know, get rid of your auto pauses and not saying, um, uh, um, uh, like, um, like, uh, um, like, uh, you know, get all that worked out. So get training and they should call you for that because you're good at that. Right. Um, but after all that, um, and you assuming you've done the work to be, to have the skills in place, forget about you walk on stage and assuming that there's somebody in that room who, who, who was placed in that room that day, who needs to expressly hear what you have to say. And then it can impact their life in a way that nothing else could. And believe that and focus on who you're trying to help. Don't try and sell it. Don't try and convince people of your idea to adopt it. Just care. Just care enough to have a great conversation with the people in that room. And 40 minutes will fly by before you know it. No. Um, and uh, walk off feeling that, that, that you may never know what seeds you planted, but know that you made a difference. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's all, that's, that, that is the theme through this whole interview and, and, and speaking to you. It's all about, you know, making sure you know what you're doing. Doesn't matter what platform you're using, be passionate. Hey, not to be passionate in terms of hobby-wise, like you mentioned before, you know, that's not going to make you money, but, but know what you're talking about. Be the authority in your field, but there's steps to becoming that. It's not just about switching on a Facebook Live or being invited to talk on stage. There are other things, like you mentioned in this podcast, lots of things that we need to do in order to be seen as the expert or the thought leader within our field. So we're going to close up this interview now. So Ron, I want to hear three final golden nuggets from you, three final pieces of advice from, for someone who wants to take that step further in their career. They want to make a massive transformational change. Three pieces of advice from you on what they can do to shine and outshine their, their past or you know, be better in their competition? 
So the first I would say is that something my mentor told me, you know, three or four decades ago, and um, it, it has stuck with me ever since. And she said to me, nothing is in life is irrevocable except death. Wow. Um, you get do-overs. And so I, I think if, we, if, if you realize the amount of fear that's holding you back, um, let go, shed those things. They're, they're just not worth it. Um, try. You, you, you may skin your knees but, and you'll learn, but, 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 but believe you get do-overs and try as if you, if you, yeah, yes, there are some things you don't get do-overs for, but there are very few. For the most part, when it comes to constructing your career, you do. And so don't be reckless, but, but get, get rid of the guards in your mind that make you fearful of trying. Um, secondly, um, something you do is needed. And it's your job and it's your responsibility to find out what that is. You have something to say, something to offer that somebody else, there's 7 billion people out there. You know, there's got to be a few hundred who, who you can help. Um, and your job is to hunt, you, your job is to hunt until you find them. And that, that's what means to be a good steward of your own gifts and talents. Um, and lastly, I would say, um, you know, pay attention to those voices in your head that contradict you know, your, the impact you're making. Um, you, a lot of times our intentions and our impact don't match. And sometimes it's because there's tapes in our head telling us things that aren't true. Um, either you're greater than you think you are or you're terrible, right? And so you've got to have other eyes on you. Don't just rely on the tapes in your head to calibrate. Get feedback, get others' eyes on you uh, to, to reconcile the messages in your head with the messages the world is giving you. Excellent, Ron. Thank you so much. I, it was an absolute honor today to talk to you and get an, a, another insight in self-development, let's say, and self-improvement. It was such a, it was a very pleasant podcast for me to interview. So thank you so much for your time today. Um, we are going to be running a competition on this podcast. So the question for this uh, competition to win a copy, would you, would you, will you sign it for us, Ron? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to be giving away a copy of one of Ron's books. So please check out the details below this podcast for that competition. Also links to Navalent, which is Ron's company, will be below the podcast, wherever you're listening to. And of course, his two links to his TEDx talk. Before we close off, Ron, is there anything else you would like to share? Yeah, and if you'll include uh, the link, uh, navalent.com slash transformation, we have a free ebook to give all your listeners on leading transformation in organizations. It's a free ebook on our, our playbook for how we do it. So uh, come and join us for that. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Ron Carucci and on LinkedIn. So let's keep the conversation going. I will do. I'll put all the links for those that you mentioned below wherever this podcast is being and broadcast is on. Ron, thank you so very much for your time today. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for your time and thank you for all the advice as well. Honey, it's a great, great pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. See you soon.